everybody. Welcome to the Homeworkies podcast. I'm so excited today to be here to bring you a, another interview with one of our favorite hall stars. This is so exciting. We are talking to Nikki DeLoach and I am thrilled. My name is Rachel and Nikki, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Hi guys. How are you? Um, I'm so excited to be on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for coming. We really appreciate it. And what we like to thank do you. what we like to do with our guests is we like to just start by asking uh you to introduce yourself and tell us what inspired you to become an uh, an actress. Okay. Well, um hi everyone listening. Hi Hallmarkies. Um my name is Nikki Deloach. I am so excited to be talking to all of you today. And you know, for as long as I can remember, you know how some kids like you discover what it is that you want to do. And then I find that there's, you know, other kids that are just born and then they just start doing the thing that they one day will do. That was me. You know, I, my mom recalls as early as like three years old for me where I was, you know, watching things on TV and trying to mimic things and I wanted to dance and I wanted to sing and I wanted to be, you know, a performer, an entertainer, like, you know, the Julie Andrews of, of, of back in the day, um, you know, the women who sang and danced and acted. I loved singing in the rain and it was one of my favorite movies of, of favorite all time movies. So I think it was just something that I like came into this world wanting to do and as you know age four age five age six I would you know transcribe scenes from tv shows and I would write hand write them with the character names on pieces of paper and hand them out to my neighbors who were my friends and we would all you know reenact the scene and everyone hated it except for me and they all placated me um to this day I'm super grateful including my sister who was like this is not what I want to be doing on a Wednesday afternoon after school. Um, <laughs> so, you know, as long as I can remember, I wanted to be a storyteller and it wasn't just an actor. I think to this day when people say like, what do you do? Cause I also produce and I also write and I'm also a teacher. And what that all really is, is being a storyteller. And, you know, I'm just, I'm so proud to be able to, you know, call myself one and to say that I, I, I had this idea of what I wanted to do with my life and I, I get to do it. And I'm so blessed beyond measure that, you know, this, that I get to do this in my life. What do you think uh, attracted you to it when you were so young about, about acting? I think I, you know, for me, the idea of being able to walk in someone else's shoes, um, taught me about who they were, even if it was just a character, because a character on the screen represents a character in life, right? Yeah. You know, you see someone on TV or in a movie go through something that didn't come from anything. It came from a person's mind and a writer's idea of, of seeing people and pulling inspiration for the people that he or she had in his own or her own life. And so for me, I think I knew at a very young age that part of storytelling was in storytelling, their lives connection. You know, it's mm -hmm. the thing that, you know, we can watch it and we can be kind of 
connected to this character and learn and grow inspired and all of that. And actually, most importantly, not feel alone in our own lives. They say, you know, they're saying now that the great disease of our generation is isolation. So I actually believe that storytelling is more important than ever because for some people, it's, it's the one way that they don't feel isolated in their own lives. Um, and, and I think that I kind of understood that at a very young age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. I, mean, I, I love the quote by Roger Ebert where he talks about movies are a machine for creating empathy. And exactly. Yeah, because I'm never going to experience what certain other people will experience. And yet I can watch a movie about it and really experience it for uh for that for that two hours. I, I thought of that a lot when I saw Moonlight. You know, yes. that's like a person oh. that I'm never gonna yeah. I'm never gonna probably meet somebody like that in my life. Who knows? Right. Why? Probably not. Perfect example. No, it's a perfect example. And I feel like, you know, that that is the great thing about people sharing their stories on whatever um, in whatever way they do, whether it is television or movies or, you know, I also have a blog with my friend uh, Jen Beatty called What We Are. And what we do is we share women's stories. And it's not just like famous people or people who are known. It's women that we meet in our lives that we're friends with, that we're touched by, that we, you know, learn their story. And we're like, people need to know that because when you know someone's story and when you are up close and personal to that person or to that story, you, hatred can't exist. Yeah. You know, Um, uh, isolation can't exist. Uh, understanding differences that kind of melts away you know it's a really 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 important important way to connect people and like as you said build empathy and build compassion um uh for for all of us yeah yeah i agree uh so you were on the mickey mouse club as a team (laughs) i was so what was that like Oh, it was absolute heaven. Um, I mean, really and truly, I can't, I, I, to this day, I still pinch myself. I'm like, oh my goodness, I was a musketeer. That's so cool. I, I really and truly just feel so um, lucky and blessed by the gift of being able to be a part of that show and that legacy. Mm-hmm. And for a kid who was raised in, you know, a small, small town of like one traffic light. And I was obviously an entertainment kid, you know, dancing and singing and performing and doing the whole thing. Um, it was heaven. All of a sudden I was placed in a group of kids that were just like me, Mm. that were exactly. And that was at a huge turning point in my life. I was 12 years old, you know, and, and you know, Justin and Brittany and even the older kids, we were all doing the thing that we love to do so, so, so much. And, and to get to do it with other kids your age, it felt like it actually felt normal. Um, if that makes any sense at all, it's like we went to this private performing arts college, you know, mm-hmm. at a really young age and learned how to do these really cool things. And on top of it, managed to get a great education and also be around 
other peers that didn't make us feel like we were outsiders um, or different in our own lives. And it was just a blast. And um, I'm super excited for the reunion that's coming up. If any of the fans want to get tickets and go, um, we're having the MMT 30 year reunion. It's going to be like a Comic-Con or uh, they're, you know, for mm-hmm. Musketeers. So oh um, it should be, a, yeah, it's May 17th and 8th, 17th, 18th, 19th. If anybody wants to get tickets, um, it's going to be really fun. That's really cool. I didn't realize that they were doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Come do your live podcast from the, <laughs> <laughs> the Megacon. Get Disney to sponsor us. That would be my dream come true. <laughs> right? Wouldn't it? Oh, my goodness. I know. I, I know. <laughs> oh, no. That's cool. So when you go to Disneyland, it's like a whole different level of nostalgia than the rest of us have, probably. It really, it really is. It's, I, I posted a picture recently because I hadn't been back to Disney in such a long time. And I, my husband and I went with our two kids. Mm-hmm. And I just remember like taking a picture and I posted it. And I think I wrote something like, hey, old friend, nice to see you again. It's been a long time. And there is this level of nostalgia and magic that just, mm-hmm. that happens with, it. it's like, you can have a, it's the idea that you can take a seed of an idea and you can turn it into, you know, all the incredible Disney films that we've seen um, throughout our lives. And also like Disney World is incredible. Disneyland is amazing. My husband and I in the, in the beginning were like, this is going to be horrible. Our kids are going to have the time of their lives and the two of us are going to want to jump off a bridge. And we actually had, I think, as much fun, if not more, than our two children. I mean, we had so much fun. I think I rode the cars ride like three times. Oh, you got lucky <laughs> then. That one's hard, a little hard to, uh, to get into. Yeah. Yeah. My husband is very good with the max pass situation. He, <laughs> you know, he, he figured the whole thing out. I get no credit for that. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm going to D23 this summer. And yes, and I'm really excited and I'll go to Disneyland as part of that trip. I'm a little nervous because, you know, they got Galaxy's Edge coming on. It's going to be insane, but (laughs) yeah, still, I'm still excited. Anytime I get to go to Disneyland. That's so cool. It's a great day. Oh, it is. It is a really (laughs) good day. It's the happiest place on earth. I mean, come on. Yeah. So you were on a show (laughs) after that uh, called North Shore. uh, Yeah. that um, you had tons of Hallmark alums in that show. I know, right? <laughs> Isn't that cool? Yeah. Uh, I know. Christopher Paloha, Brooke Burns, Corey Sevier, yep. Amanda Rigetti. Yeah. Yeah. Hallmark movies. I mean, I know. It's really cool. And then going to the TCA event, you know, um, I get to see all of them again, which is really amazing. And well, Brooke and I, you know, we, we keep in touch. She's incredible. She's such a fun, amazing human. And, and so is Chris, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think I've lived with Chris and his wife at like two points in our like friendship together and once in Hawaii and then once here in LA for a brief stint. <laughs> um, so they're, they're just really good people, um, as are most, you know, everyone who, who gets brought into the Hallmark family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. And that was shot in, in the North Shore in Hawaii, right? 
it yes ma'am it was it, it literally one of the greatest jobs of my life i i can't even tell you it was a year of my life and um you know it was such a cool thing because i had just kind of come out of this really really difficult time in my life and in my career with the music business i don't know if you, if you guys have heard of the documentary that just came out my dear dear friend lance bass who is in instinct he uh, produced it, and it's a documentary based on Lou Pearlman, and it's called Boy Band Con. And uh, he asked me to come and like be a part of it and tell my story, and um, which is a really hard thing to do because that experience was such a traumatic and tough thing. And you know, Lou ended up going to jail, and he has now since passed away. He passed away in jail, but it was a really, really dark time, and I got I, everything was stripped from me, you know, um, all the money that I had saved as a kid actor. Um, I, I really had to start over in my life and it was um, very, very tough. I went to community college for two years after that, lived out the rest of my record contract because I couldn't work, I couldn't do anything. And about five days, and this is how it just God works in such incredible ways, you know, um, about five days after my record contract had finally ended, um, uh, well, after it had ended, I called my agent and said, Hey guys, I can, I can go out. I can audition again. My record contract's over. And they're like, okay, well, we're, you know, reintroducing you back into the business. So it might take a little time. And, and I was like, okay. And then five days later, an audition showed up for this show called North shore. Um, I went in the next day I tested. And the day after that, I was in Hawaii for a year of my life doing this show. And I, I, I just, I marvel at the way in which God works, you know, after going through this really, really, really tough time um, for years and then, and feeling like throughout it, I was trying to just do the right thing and make, and make the right choices. And at the end of all of it, when it was all said and done, it was like, Hey, here's Hawaii for you for a year. I was like, Oh man, if there was ever a consolation prize, for, you know, for what, what I've gone through, this was, I actually hit the jackpot. So it wasn't just a TV show um, for me and a great gig. It actually, it meant a lot to me and it was bigger than that. And every single day of that show, I woke up and just kissed the ground, kissed the sand, you know, because I was so grateful to be free and to be able to be in a position again, to do what I love to do and to actually be able to like make money for myself. Um, so it was a, it was a show that really meant a lot to me. That's really amazing. I will definitely check out that documentary. It sounds very interesting. Yes. Everyone needs to watch it. It's, you know, it's not just a cautionary tale. It's, it's where you really get to see behind the scenes of what, what a lot of us as the artists signed to this record company, what, mm -hmm. what was really happening. And, um, Lance Bass and his producing team and the director, they did just such a fantastic job of just telling a story that has a lot of heart and um, that also cautions you to what can happen when you really don't listen to your gut that is telling you um, this is not a great idea, you know, uh, which was my experience. Yeah, that makes sense. It's really cool that you say that about Hawaii because I, I, I felt, I think that Island of Oahu has just like pixie dust all over it because uh, it does. I had a similar experience, not living there, but I, uh, I was so unhappy 
in in a work situation that I was at. This was uh, back in 2006. And I just was so unhappy. I decided uh, to go to Hawaii and because uh, just get some joy, you know, in my life. And yeah, I, I finally I went to Hawaii and I with my friends and I was just I, it was so amazing, of course. But I was just kind of like I, I, I called my dad the last night and I was I was just crying. He's like, oh why are you, you know, why are you upset or whatever? And I was just like, I haven't felt, it just made me realize yeah. how unhappy I was to feel this. Happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, okay. I need to make changes in my life because I need to feel that way more often because yes. it was, it was just an incredible experience for me. And so I came home and I quit my job and, and life uh, was never the same. Thank goodness. And, uh, oh. You so. answered the call. Yeah. This is what's so cool. All right, people. Great life lesson here. You answered the call. You listened to that inner voice inside of you. Like, I love this because my mentor taught me a long time ago, especially right before I was going about to go through what I did with my youngest son who was born and had open heart surgery at five days old. And she told me, you know, when we had found out about his diagnosis, she's like, look, if you can manage to just like our job as human beings is not to move through life, you know, trying to be positive or try, you know, trying to make the best or trying to do our job or trying to like be good. You know, our job in life is really just to move through life being open. Mm -hmm. And if you can just be open, and that means being open in the joy, being open in the pain, being open, like in, in all the levels in between, then the magic and the miracles, that's where it all happens. That's where like God speaks to you. That is where if you listen, you, you, you can follow what your soul really wants to do. And that's exactly what you did. And look where it took you. You know, you landed there, you were open and you were like, wow this is what life is supposed to feel like. And you followed that. It's so cool, right? That's yeah. where the magic happens. No, it's true. <laughs> I, I told myself I was never going to allow myself to ever feel like that ever again. And I haven't, I, I have, you know, I've had down days I've had set, but not the same as I was feeling then. It's never been. Yeah. I've never been without hope again in my life. And uh. Uh, so it's a, it's a, that is the most beautiful thing yeah it's an interesting thing that island it has <laughs> it's a great place yeah but, uh, but anyway so how did you get started with hallmark how did you even did you watch the movies how did you even get started in your first oh one? i definitely watched the movies i mean it was my tradition um as just for myself well uh, i would record a bunch of the movies that were coming on over christmas and then whenever I was decorating my house or wrapping all my gifts or any of that, I would like pour myself a glass of wine, watch Hallmark movies. And um, it was, it, it, well, I, my community back home of Blackshire, Georgia, everyone had been saying like, Nikki needs to do a Hallmark movie. Nikki, we love a Hallmark. Nikki needs to do a Hallmark movie. And I was like, I should I, that would be awesome. I would love to do a Hallmark movie. I'm such a fan, but I never, you know, I just had never thought about it. 
And so then my agent like ended up sending me an offer to go do a Hallmark movie. And I was like, oh, look at that magic. That's amazing. I went and did my first one. It was such an incredible experience. It was called Christmas Land. We filmed in Utah. <laughs> and um, I know. Yeah. And um, the response from my hometown was so huge. I mean, I was in church, uh, the Christmas Eve service with my family and my in Hudson. Um, and every, we like all had to like cut Christmas, cut it short. We all had to get out of there because the pastor made the announcement. We all have to go home and watch Christmas Land because it was premiering on Christmas Eve that night. And so every, I mean, the, the whole entire congregation of like 1500 people all went home, watched it. And it was just so cool to get the feedback from people, you know, cause I had been on a show for like six years called Awkward where I mean, you, it it was definitely not a kid's show, you know? Uh-huh. And um, so, like, a lot of them you, couldn't, like, sit down with their family and watch that show. And I got so much incredible feedback of, like, my whole family watched it, even my kids. It was so fun. And I thought, That's, this is making people so happy. It makes me happy. It's making all of these people happy. That's such a great feeling this is there's something here that is even bigger than just the movie itself you know what I mean and then I did my next one the following Christmas I did another Christmas movie a dream of Christmas which is still to this day one of my favorites that I've done for Hallmark and same kind of reaction and you know I don't think it's a mistake that Hallmark has really taken over television especially at these times of years at like uh, this, these certain specific times of the year where it's like spring or Christmas time, it's making people feel a certain way. And isn't that what we want to do with storytellers? We want to make people feel good. And um, I just, I really think that they're doing something that's really fun and also really important for our audience. Yeah, I think so too. I think that they provide escapism, particularly for women. And there's not that much in today's culture that provides that kind of escapism. I mean, I was thinking about that, you know, we used to have lots of soap operas and lots of stuff like that. It was kind of romantic escapism for women. Oh, yeah. And now there's just hardly any. There's hardly any romantic comedies that get released in the theaters. And by the way, that's the thing that, like, for me, I was such a rom-com fan. And I feel like that's a place where my skill set as an actor really shines, is being able to do both the comedy and also, you know, the heart and the drama that a a real authentic rom-com requests from an actor. And it is a definite, like, tone, and it's a definite skill set to do it really well, like the Meg Ryans and Sandra Bullock's and, you know, of the world, like it, you know, and I have been obsessed with them since I was a child. And you're right, like, they just since really just stopped. I mean, you see a couple of them in the box office, but like, they're few and far between now when they used to be the norm. And Hallmark is really the only place that is that's that's just doing them and i i love working in this tone i love working in in the rom-com world yeah yeah it's really true i mean that's why like crazy rich asians was such a phenomenon because there hadn't been a movie like that yeah in so long at the theater it was so good 
Mm-hmm. It was so good. And Christmas Land is really cool because it's it was filmed like mm, 30 minutes, 40 minutes maybe from where I live. So Oh no way. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> that, that's so cool. Yeah. That, so you got to spend some time in our neck of the woods to film that one. <laughs> I loved it. I loved every second of it. It was so, so, so much fun. Yeah, it's really cute. And it must have been great to work with Luke McFarlane. He's the best. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, it really was. It was the first time that I had met him and gotten a chance to work with him. And uh, yeah, it was, I mean, not a bad first Hallmark experience, no. right? That's right. <laughs> Very, very cool. So uh, then you had a uh, dream of Christmas was your next one for Hallmark, I believe. That's right. Oh gosh, what a that one! Like I said, it always will have a really special place in my heart. Um, it was the first one that I got to do with Andrew Walker, who I'm, you know, absolutely love. One of my dearest, dearest friends. Um, And so I got to do, and Lisa Drew, I mean, the two of them, both of them like walked into my life like angels. And I was like, hi, where have you been my whole (laughs) life? And, um, and, and I also, Gary Yates directed it and the script, Mike Bell and Gary Yates, they both uh, wrote the script and Gary directed it. And I thought it was just start to finish, you know, so well done and he executed it so brilliantly and I got to play in these two worlds and it was very challenging you know Gary and I sat down in the beginning of the movie and he was like essentially he's like what do you need from me as your director and I was like I need you I need you and I to pay very close attention because we're asking the audience to suspend reality even more than they have to when they watch movies right Mm -hmm. we're asking them to go along on this ride of this woman waking up in an alternate universe and we they, we have to, they have to believe us for them to be invested, which means we have to be very, very mindful of each and every moment for this character on her way to discovering that she has woken up in her wish, you know, and, um, and, and we were very, very conscientious about that because, you know, I, I feel like as an actor, you have to be really respectful to the audience and you always give them the benefit of the doubt to say like, they're going to catch this. They're going to see this, you know, they're going to, so, so what can we do to make this more fun? What can we do to make this like the most enjoyable kind of ride? Um, and I loved every second of it. It was just such fun work and working with Gary was wonderful. Um, and you know, I, I think that we made a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the whole idea of kind of, sort of the grass is greener kind of envy a little bit in that one that 100 percent because i'm single and uh 30 <laughs> 38 and so sometimes i'll look at my friends who are married have kids and obviously that's a life goal that i wish i had been able to achieve but i haven't and uh and right. i look at it and i'm like oh i wish that i had i wish i could have that experience and yet i know at the same time they look at my life <laughs> yeah. and they're like, oh, wow, you get to do all these amazing things and get to have this podcast and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and so I know that it kind of goes both ways. And so I it think does, that yeah. that's what made it interesting is that she gets to kind of live this alternative life and realize that, you know, she, she, yeah. uh, she had a pretty good life. 
So that was fun. I know. Isn't that the greatest, isn't that the greatest thing to realize that the life that you were living is, is worth it, Mm -hmm. not just worth it, but it was actually pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know uh, what, there is that one quote of like, uh, where they talk about comparison and how, how bad comparison is, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of like the devil that the devil is comparison. Yeah. And I, I, I completely agree with that. I feel like the second we d- begin to compare ourselves and social media makes it a really hard task. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's people going on vacations and people showing their like hot bodies um there's people like showing their cool outfits and you're like I haven't been able to go outside and buy myself a dress for a year you know it makes it really really hard sometimes for us to be able to stand still in our own lives um so I think it was a really important message to get across of like hey you know um sometimes your life is pretty great and but also um maybe stand still in it for, uh, for one second and look around and see all the beautiful things that do exist in your own life. Um, you right. Well, yeah. And you're always comparing your worst with yeah. the best and that's the, the problem for sure. comes into yeah. play. And yeah. So, <laughs> it's very true. Uh, so, <laughs> all right, well, let's, let's see, let's move forward. So you had the perfect catch and I've said my favorite thing about that movie is the pros and cons list that he does I love right. I just think that is so romantic and I just love it it's so good yeah it's like all you know I mean it's just like one word and that or two people and it's me and my son yeah it's so cute. I love it um, and, I do too yeah and so then uh truly madly sweetly that one was a lot of fun it had a lot of uh kind of classic rom-com tropes like you the yeah the, the meet cute was really classic and the you know adversaries yes. together they don't really want to work together and <laughs> they have to yeah yeah it was fun I enjoyed it. it it was really fun and I got to work with Dylan Neal who I just loved he's also he produced that it was his you know okay. idea that he took to Hallmark and development and he is a great producer, really, really good producer. And I loved working with him. And um, that was the first movie I had, um, you know, I always associate certain work uh, events with like my personal life at the time. You know what I mean? I feel like as an actor or whatever my job is, you know, um, the, the, uh, the mission is always bigger than the moment, right? So like, what is, what, what are all the different purposes that, that are being served while I'm on the job? You know, I always think the purpose is bigger than that. And for me on that one specifically, it was, um, you know, I, it was the first thing that I did after my youngest son had his open heart surgery. He had been on oxygen for like seven months. Uh, I was eight months postpartum when I went back to work and you know, I, a lot of people don't know this and I'm going to tell the story because I, I want to give Hallmark, um, to this day, I, 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 well, for the rest of my life, I will always be so grateful to them for what they did for me. Um, you know, I took so much time off in my pregnancy and through this heart surgery and him on oxygen that I wasn't even thinking about work, you know, and Mm -hmm. also with me working, 
um, I get my insurance through being an actor because of our union and you have to work, you know, to do that. And if a year passes by without you working, um, you lose your insurance. And here we had this like kid who um, just went through, you know, was going to have to go through another couple of heart surgeries. He just had his last one last October. And my husband walked in and said, you have to go back to work or we're going to lose our insurance. And I, and it is something that had not even crossed my mind. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, like how soon? And he's like, soon. And I called up Hallmark and I said, guys, like I have never asked for this in my entire life. I don't even know how to ask for this, but like, I need a job. I have to go to work. My, my kid, we're going to lose our insurance. You know, I have a heart baby. Um, and the people at Hallmark, Jennifer Phillips, Penny Perry, they literally moved the mountain. That movie was not supposed to go into production for like another, like six to eight weeks. And they, they moved the whole thing up. Everyone was like, we'll do everything we can to get it on its feet. And I was in, you know, Canada, like two weeks later and I got to, you know, and my health insurance kicked back in. And I will, there, there are so few networks that you can pick up the phone and call and say, I, I need this. I need this for my family. And not only will they at, react, they will react with urgency. Um, and and I, I just will be eternally grateful to them for that. And, you know, those are the kinds of things that Hallmark does behind the scenes that like people don't know about. And why I, I love, not just as an actor, but as a human being, being a part of their family. Because they've they, they really taken care of me and my family and my life. Wow, that is an incredible story. I, Isn't it? Uh, it's, it's amazing because you think in the era of like Me Too, when all these actresses have these terrible experiences and stuff like that. And everybody I've ever talked to or even read about that's worked with Hallmark has just had the best experiences and yeah you know whether it's being able to have their baby on set or whether it's a you know just all these different things that you hear about I I think is just really makes me feel proud to be you know supporting the network you know I it's nice yeah because even because I I I'm a huge Disney fan even they've had their things that have come up in this last um, oh, little bit. One hundred. And they're making better, and that's great. But um, but yeah, anyway, that's that's really remarkable. I'm so glad you shared that because I'm it just that makes me happy. I'm really glad. Yeah, it makes me happy too. The only thing about truly madly sweetly is I wanted to know what was in that darn garage. <laughs> they never told <laughs> I us. Know, right? No, they didn't. But um, what if we actually, there was, it was really hard, Dylan was saying, to find um, something that even could resemble a carriage house. And I think that they, that was like the only, there was only two of them that they could find. <laughs> and that was one. Um, like, what if there's yeah. like a super nice vintage car in there like that she like never drove? I know, right? I know. What a fun movie. And, you know, that one was also directed by Ron, Ron Oliver. And I know that you've had enough actresses yeah. on here from Hallmark to tell you that working with Ron is so much fun. It's such a delight. He plays music on the set between takes. He wears a suit and tie almost every day with his coupling. Yeah. Um, he's just so fun to work with. And in that movie, him and Dylan really... What they, they wanted to create a throwback 
romantic comedy. And I think that they did such a terrific job with it. Um, it The flavor was just a little bit different. It was really fun. Yeah. So reunited at Christmas, this was all your, your idea, correct? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I, I wanted to do a family, like a true family movie. And obviously with Hallmark, there all, there always has to be a romantic comedy element. Um, and it was very challenging because, you know, it was, it wasn't the same, um, structure that, 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 uh, the, you know, the rock where it's the man and the woman and they're falling in love the entire movie. Yeah. And all of these other people are just kind of distant supporting our ancillary characters. I wanted to tell a whole family story and, um, you know, I, I can't even tell you how many people and families that I know who do the holiday shuffle of going between mom and dad and like, and, and how hard that is for people, but also, um, kind of show what a holiday could look like if everybody just, you know, came back together. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought what would bring them together would be obviously the passing of, you know, the, the matriarch of the family, which was grandmother Madeline, and that would bring them all together. And then let's see what happens when we all get these characters in a room. And it was, um, it was really tricky, like kind of weaving in all the different storylines. Um, but I love that stuff. I love a challenge. And I am so grateful they gave me the opportunity to kind of, you know, I worked with Jen Phillips on that again. And Jen and I worked really hard. And to be able to bring that idea from like, you know, the pitch that I took in to bringing it on its feet and seeing these actors that I got to like, be a part of choosing, like say the words and, oh, it was just so cool and so fun. And I, I, I just am so grateful for the opportunity to have done that with them. It was really unique. I mean, I'm watching the movie and I'm thinking, I've never seen a Hallmark movie about somebody who doesn't want to get married, like actively is like super worse, like kind of a Grinch type character, maybe doesn't want to get married, but like not in the same way that this one does where, uh, where she just actively is terrified of it, which was really an interesting dynamic. I thought. Yeah, we took a big risk, you know, with that. And, um, that was a big thing for me too. I was like, I, I, I want to tell the story of a woman who's not dying to get married because that was me. And I know that that was a lot of, that's a lot of women that I know out there that, you know, are a little hesitant and scared. And what does this mean for me? And what does my life look like? And it's a big leap of faith. And, you know, cause it's always about women who are just like dying to get married and I want to get married. And I want a baby. And I, wanna, and, and I feel like in today in 19 or 2019, there are just as many women who aren't sure that that's what they want, Yeah, you know? And, and so it's like, why don't we speak to them a little bit and, yeah. and give them a character that they can relate to. Um, and I mean, you know, home, I got to give it to them. Like they mm-hmm. totally like trusted Jen and I to, to, to do it. And at the end of the day, Bill Abbott loved it. And if he loves it, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy. I'm a happy person. You know what I mean? That's right. <laughs> um, so, love to the rescue. I had a stressful experience because I'm a Rotten Tomatoes approved critic and I had posted my review of Shazam and people didn't like it. People didn't like that. I didn't like it. And people were very upset with me. And I got, oh. some, I actually got some death threats and, 
and it no! was, it, yeah, it was really scary. People are so <laughs> crazy. I'm so sorry that happened yeah, to you. And so I had gone like 48 hours without sleeping and it was the weekend oh. of love, love to the rescue. And my brother was there and I was trying to get me to kind of calm down and uh, cause it had just been so crazy. And it's my first time ever dealing with anything like this quite in that level. Yeah. That's so traumatic. And, and so I was like, I just want to watch the Hallmark movie and feel better. And so I watched Love to the Rescue and I was like, yeah. I really do. Yeah. <laughs> oh I, my goodness. Yes. So thank you for that. I really appreciate it. <laughs> You're so welcome. I mean, if ever there was a movie that was going to bring you out of that, yes. it was a definitely a movie that involved a dog, children, and yes. Michael Rady. <laughs> and I was just able to sort of calm down and finally I was able to get back to sleep. <laughs> oh my like, goodness. This well, just a great movie. I said to my brother and he was like, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> So you like, please tell me it's going to make me happy because I cannot take any more <laughs> or less scary stuff. Yeah, that's right. And that's, that is incredible. I just, yeah. I can't even believe that. <laughs> well, and I had interviewed Sarah Montana and for the podcast, the writer, and she was yes. so remarkable in every way. I was Isn't she? so impressed with her and just her story. And uh, if people haven't listened to her TED talk, you definitely got to check it out because she's oh, yeah. incredible. I send it to, I send it to so many people. Um, recently I, I sent it to this. I, 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 there was this man who was actually the hand double and love takes flight. Um, the character of Walter's played by Tom Tom. Uh-huh. And he didn't actually know how to play piano. So this man named Stanford came in and he played, he was a classical pianist and he, you know, did the handwork on the piano and he actually played. And he was sitting there reading Krista Tippett's book, um, the latest book that she had released. And I don't know if you know who Krista Tippett is. She is, I mean, I started listening to her way back in the day when I first moved to LA on public radio. And um, she, she has a podcast called On Being. And um, if you haven't listened to it, boy, 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 you got to. Um, it is, it's, it's spiritually, uh, mentally, emotionally, just one of, you know, the greatest lessons that you can give yourself, obviously, besides this one. <laughs> and he was reading Krista Tippett's book called Becoming Wise. And it just, I, I, I struck me, struck me as like, wow, this is really incredible. This Southern man reading this very like, progressive, um, uh, soul conscious, you know, book, um, by Chris and very dense by Chris Tippett. So I started talking to him and he's part of a men's group and they, they read these books together and come together and talk. And he was saying that their, their topic this month was about forgiveness. And I was like, ding, 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 boy, do I have a Ted talk for you? Because the thing about Sarah, I mean, there's a thousand things that makes her a remarkable human being. But the one thing she does in that TED talk is she really breaks down what it looks like to forgive. You know, we all think we know forgiveness is much harder than people think it is, you know, and that's why it takes people so long or it's so hard um, because we think it's just about saying like, oh yeah, I forgive you and move on, but it's much more in depth and um, intimate 
than that. And uh, she really breaks it down, what it looks like to truly forgive. Um, and especially in her situation, um, the horrific thing that happened to her mother and her brother, like that's a really, I mean, that's a tough thing to forgive. And if you can forgive that, you can pretty much forgive anything. And I just, I, I've watched it three times. I send it to everyone I know. She is not only, you know, like I said, a remarkable human being. She's such a talented writer. Yeah. And I feel like a, a real star. And um, Love to the Rescue was her first movie. Yeah. It was the first script she's ever done. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, like when I read it the first time, I literally like responded to Ashley Squires. And I was like, who is an executive at Hallmark? I was like, who is this Sarah Montana? Mm -hmm. I, I mean, yeah. she's, and also I'm so much like that character. I felt like she had like followed me around for, you know, four months yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and put me in the movie. And then when I met Sarah, I was like, oh, you and I are the same person. Um, that's why your voice is my humor. The sense <laughs> of humor that I lean into is your voice. So it was kind of like me meeting um, you know, this creative soulmate of mine. And um, I, I just want to work with her forever. And we're working on a new project together that's very personal to me that involves my son's story um, for Hallmark. And I, I, you know, I'm a writer myself, but it's too close to home for me to even yeah. touch, you know? Sure. And and I, I, uh, I was like, I will do it, but only if Sarah writes it, yeah. you know? Um, and so you all heard it here first, guys. Uh, breaking news. Um, we'll, we're going to be working on that so cool. together. And yeah, and hopefully bringing it to Hallmark, you know, um, within the next year or so. That's great. Well, I, yeah, I think she has huge potential. I'm very, very excited huge. for her. Yeah, agreed. So Love Takes Flight is coming up this weekend. And so yes. can you tell us a little bit about it? And uh, it must have been pretty exciting to be in a Hall Hallmark Hall of Fame movie. I could not even believe it when they <laughs> like, called me to tell me I was driving to my son's music class, my, my babe, my 18-month-old. Uh -huh. And I was like, I mean, I literally go, well, of course I have, my, have to call my husband you know, because and anytime I leave town, it requires a massive like team effort, right? Sure. Um, but I was like, between you and I, like, yes, absolutely. Are you kidding me? I'm so honored. I can't even believe you're asking me this right now. Um, I would to say that I was honored is just such an under. It's the understatement of the year. I mean, it's literally the most award-winning and longest-running series in the history of television. This is yeah. the 263rd episode. Amazing. of Hallmark Hall of Fame. That's, that's incredible. I just, I can't, I can't even believe it. I'm so excited. And the, the story is so sweet. And um, I, I, it's based on, you know, um, true events that happened, it, you know, inspired by tr a true event, which it, in and of itself was such an inspirational thing. And then to be able for them, Hallmark to have the idea to like take the seed of that and to turn it into this movie it's just it's really such a beautiful thing and then I get to work with my dear dear friend and director who I've done five Hallmark movies with um Stephen Monroe 
um, who I absolutely love and adore. It was his first Hall of Fame, too. So we both, like, you know, after doing four back-to-back movies almost with each other, it was so cool to get this opportunity together, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, we were just, like, over the moon, the two of us, like two kids in a candy shop. And uh, Jeff Hetner, I've never worked with him before. Uh, it was his first time um, working in a Hallmark family. Uh, so there was a lot of just like really, really, r- just a great crew of people, you know, really special story. I think people are going to love it. Mm. Well, we're so excited about it. We're definitely Yay! can't wait. That'll be really fun. Um, so real quick, just before we go, we have our little teen beat questions that we like to ask. You were probably in teen okay. Mickey Mouse uh, star. <laughs> Well, Mickey, Mickey Mouse Club, and then again, whenever I was in the music business. Yeah. Oh, right, 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 right. So Amber found this list, and we altered it a little, but it's basically the question she found in this issue of Team Beat. So here we oh, go. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? All right. Yeah. The best ice cream flavor. Oh, I, you know. I don't really eat ice cream. I never have because I don't, I can't, I'm allergic to dairy. But if I had to choose, I would say probably something that involves like peanut butter cups because uh, that's, that's my favorite chocolate and peanut butter together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they have some pretty good uh, non-dairy ice creams you should try. Yeah. I will. I will have to get into that. (laughs) I think it's called Cocoa Bliss. One made with coconut milk. Nice. Really good. You should definitely try that. I love coconut milk. Okay. Yeah, you should. Okay. So <laughs> number two, favorite color. My favorite color is green. Oh, very on brand. It's very good. Okay. What <laughs> what music are you into right now? Oh, right now I am playing a lot of Khalid. I am playing a lot of uh Casey Musgrave. I'm playing um, a lot of, uh, let's see, um, I'm trying, oh, Mumford and Sons, their Delta album. Um, like I say, those are probably top three on my, um, you know, on my list right now. Yeah. I, did you see that being a friends with Lance Bass, did you see the, the Coachella thing within i didn't see it because no i oh, didn't see it, it but how fun right it's pretty exciting yeah uh <laughs> so what is your go-to date night food um it's sushi always oh. i love sushi so much mm-hmm. what is your go-to date night activity to go and do oh um well tonight my husband and i are going to a dodgers game um so we love doing that um, but to tell you the truth, usually it involves like going to bed very early because we're both so exhausted. Yeah. We have full-time jobs and two kids and it's like, um, let's go to an early dinner and then go home and go to bed. Yeah. That yeah. sounds perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame me at all. Uh, dogs oh. or cats? Oh, both. Are you kidding? I have both. <laughs> I, I could never choose between either of them. I've been a crazy cat person. Fun fact about Nikki DeLoach that nobody probably knows is like, I'm so obsessed with cats. I, I used to take my pageant money that I did pageants when I was a little kid and uh-huh. I take my money and go buy cats with them. And then also I love to attend cat shows 
and it, I know, I know it's weird, and but you know what? They're cat it shows? Is, it is a thing. It is a cat show, and <laughs> I, if you've never gone to a cat show in your life, you have got to do it. It is the, the, the weirdest world. So great. So much fun. I absolutely love it. Um, but also, I've had dogs my whole life, and I just, like, it's impossible to choose for me. Okay, good. All right. Beaches or mountains? Beaches. Yeah, me too. All right. Uh, fancy dress or sweats? Sweats! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what is your favorite holiday to celebrate? Um... Well, it used to be Christmas, but now it's it's really Mother's Day. No, I'm <laughs> it's like I deserve it. Uh, <laughs> That's a good one. We haven't had uh, Mother's Day. That makes sense. I'm like I've earned every bit of this day. <laughs> Uh, no, but I actually think it's at the end of the day, it really is Christmas. Um, because of the fact that that's. Uh, you know, it's always the one time of year where the whole family, you know, you make sure to see each other and to get together. And there's, there's nothing like that's pure heaven to me to be, you know, with my family and my mom and my dad and our extended and our, the, the kids all together and everything like there's, there's, there's no better thing in the world. <laughs> I don't know. You might have a different definition of heaven than I do. I think uh, <laughs> Christmas is my family, you know, a little, little intense, but, uh, but no. Well, it, it depends it, on the family for sure. <laughs> yeah, it totally depends on the family. Um, I will give you that. I'm talking about specifically Christmas on the my, the farm in Georgia. Nice. <laughs> it's like, is it's heaven, you know, growing up yeah. there and working uh, my whole entire life. Sometimes the only time I would be able to get back home was during Christmas. Yeah. And so it's mm -hmm. always been the thing for me. Like if I, if I can't get home at any other time of the year, I'm going to make it home for Christmas. And um, uh, so it's always kind of really held a special place in my heart because of that. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. It is fun to be with family at Christmas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Every, <laughs> um, so last question, and this is very difficult, and you can pick one of your own. Uh, what is your favorite Hallmark movie? It's really, it, it's so, they're so different, but I would say like in terms of one that was like a little more dramatic, A Dream of Christmas will always just be yeah. so near and dear to my heart. And one that's a little more comedic and kind of really like romantic, a true romantic comedy, definitely love to the rescue. Yeah. Very good. Well, great. Will you pass the test? So we'll let you keep making oh, Hallmark movies. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate that. You know, it's very important to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been a delight. This was so much fun. And I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, sit down and talk with us. And uh, so thank you so much. And do you have social media or anything you'd like to share? I do. I do. And also, same, 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 same. You have been wonderful. And I've been really wanting, you know, to chat with you guys for such a long time. So what a cool thing to be able to do on a Tuesday afternoon. Um, and to be able to also like, thank thank the audience and people that listen and support Hallmark and how you support Hallmark. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really like without our audience and without you guys, these movies wouldn't exist. Like you guys are the ones that like keep everything going and you have no idea how much it means to me and my family 
And um, so I would like to say thank you for that. And yes, if you want to follow me on social media um, and uh, to see the hot mess that I am, um, <laughs> uh, follow me on Instagram at Nick Deloach, N-I-K-D-E-L-O-A-C-H. And then on Twitter at Nikki Deloach and Facebook, it's also Nikki Deloach. Great. And we'll have all that in the description section if people want to follow you. So thanks again. I really appreciate it. Let's do it again. Okay. Thank you so much. I would love to anytime. Bye. Bye. So we'd really like to thank Nikki for coming on the podcast and uh, talking with us. It was such a great interview. She was fantastic. And so make sure you guys are following her and let us know what you think of the interview if, uh, of any of the things that we talked about. We went to a lot of places. It was really great. And uh, let us know on Twitter or in the comment section. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And you can follow me at Rachel's Reviews all over social media and on iTunes and YouTube. And uh, you can follow the podcast all over social media. And if you're listening on iTunes, please give us your ratings and reviews. We really appreciate it. If you are listening on YouTube, give us a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel. That means a lot to us as well. And uh, we're really excited for upcoming Hall of Fame movie. So yay. And uh, we will talk to you all later. Bye.